We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I'm Karina Mustafa alongside Calvin Wetzel. Today's going to be all about conference play. We're going to get into some of the biggest games from the weekend, and then we're going to preview some really loaded matchups for the rest of the week. Cal, are you ready? So ready. Let's get into it. I'm ready for these pancakes. <laughs> the pancakes. We've got a lot of pancakes to flip today, and what we've done is organize it by conference. We'll start with the SEC, which came with one of the biggest upsets of the weekend. Auburn defeats LSU 67-62 to on Sunday to hand LSU only their second loss of the season. Honestly, Scott Grayson left led the way with 21 points, five rebounds, two assists, and Jemiah Mingo Young not far behind with 13 points, three rebounds, and five assists, including the game-determining steal off of Angel Reese there at the end to secure the win for Auburn, which, Cal, I know you have a lot of thoughts on. <laughs> so thoughts on that possession, thoughts on the game in general. And would you like me to put the possession up? There? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I, we can talk about the whole game, but let's start at the end. Why not uh, put that steal up there? So... First off, great steal, great play, and she's obviously so fired up. Look at this celebration and, and her teammates coming over. Like, so cool to see. But if you put the play back up again, here's what I don't understand, like, from Kim Mulkey. So if you have Angel Reese going to make a play, that's fine. But when they line up, I, I should have done the thing where I paused this one. I did it with another video. But you, you can keep putting it up how we do. <laughs> like How we do it here. 27 yeah. times. <laughs> 27 just 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 loop it we we'll, we'll we'll figure something out soon but so when you have this one forward low like you're expecting a ball screen or something and if not like last year poa down here and Morrow on the other block if angel spun that way like i think that was Morrow, wasn't it uh maybe it's was flauge whoever like 
why are they just standing there letting the help? Like the reason Jemiah Mingo Young was in position to get this steal is because LSU set up with two players who didn't set a screen, who didn't exit cut, who didn't do anything just on the block. And so the help defenders were right there. Angel just like, this isn't Angel's fault. Yeah. She wasn't set up in this play at all because she just went right into the help. Like, I don't understand why because you set there, up a play. There was no play. <laughs> it was just, there was, just yeah, let it was Angel just, do her Which thing. is fine. Like, which is fine. Like, Angel can go get a bucket, but you have to give her space to go get a bucket. You can't lead her right into the help. And the other thing that I don't understand too, which wasn't on this clip because I clipped it like right at the beginning, but before that clip started, they were dribbling it out for like 10 seconds, but it wasn't tied. They were down two. Why are you taking clock off when you're losing? They, you have to go. If you're tied, that's different. But I, so I don't understand the play. But all that being said, that's not to take any, anything away from Auburn. Great defense possession, great defense all game, which we'll talk about too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just so odd for me, like rewatching that clip too, because um, I watched the game in real time. And I still don't think it even landed for me that like nobody was moving. Like Angel just kind of went into a wall of Auburn players and was kind of just forced for whatever to happen. And I couldn't find the quote again, but I Kim, Coach Kim Mulkey said after the game something like, We were running like so many plays all game and I couldn't get anything out of them. And this is what I could like this is what I what ran at the end of the game, which like she said some other questionable things too, but we're not gonna get into those. <laughs> I just it was just very odd, but obviously, like honestly, very good overall win um by Auburn. But yeah, you kind of mentioned their defense. So what did you think of their defense throughout the game against LSU? Yeah, it was fantastic. It's why they won the game. And 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 you talked about like Kim's quote about how we were running all this different stuff and it just wasn't working. And that's because of Auburn. It wasn't working because Auburn was really showing up on the defensive end. I know you love the stats, by the way, that that I always throw out there. LSU only took two threes. They didn't make either of them. That's the first time in two years that a power conference team has only taken two threes or or less. Like Auburn was running them off the line, first off. Uh, LSU was trying to punish them inside and wasn't working. And if you put this clip up here, this one I did get smart and, and pause it at the right moment. So look where Anissa Morrow posts up right here, almost in the lane. And now look where she ends up catching it, almost on the three-point line. That's Taylon Collins who made her catch it really far from the basket and then forced a tough two. And if we, we don't have to play this 27 times, but put it up one more time because the other thing I, I want people to see. So after Taylon Collins forces this tough two, which is really how the whole game went for LSU, Watch Jemiah Mingo Young fly in because Angel Reese is an elite offensive rebounder. She was in position to get that offensive rebound, even though it was a pretty good box out. But Jemiah Mingo Young flies in from the top of the key, really gang rebounding to come in and get that rebound. And that's what you have to do against a team like LSU, who has multiple really good rebounders. And Auburn was fantastic all game. They did give up some offensive rebounds because that's how it works against LSU. But just overall, I thought on that end of the floor, they really showed up. And if you're LSU, like this is the type of game – you can't lose if you want to compete with South Carolina and for an SEC championship. So this was this is going to be big at the end of the year, I think. To wrap things up, I'm going to play that clip one more time because, like, I just think the way that she flies in for that offensive rebound at the yes. end is so funny. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a little sound effect when she does it because it's just is what I think about. She kind of goes. <laughs> <laughs> she goes that's what it was that's what it was goes in to get it um gets it perfectly even with angel reese there in position as you said so yeah um overall interesting game between auburn and lsu it was very exciting i enjoyed watching it um there were 
there have been like such a good slate of college games on Sundays the last couple of weeks. So we're just kind of spoiled with that, including the conference that we have talked about quite a bit on the podcast the last couple of weeks, which is the Pac-12. Um, and as Mark Schindler eloquently put into his article that he released this week, they are not going gently into that good night. Um, and they are not. Like, that is the perfect way to say it. USC defeats UCLA. Colorado defeats Stanford. Those are two huge games that happened on Sunday. We'll start with USC and UCLA. It's their second matchup of the season, and USC remained in front for like pretty much the entire game as they took the win over UCLA to tie it up with the Battle of LA, because as we know, UCLA took the first matchup, and now the Gamecocks remain the only undefeated Division I team in NCAA women's basketball, which makes things very interesting. Um, in their 73-65 win, freshman fire, and I think we got to trademark that somehow, Juju Watkins scored 32 points and recorded 10 rebounds against a tough UCLA defense. She went 0 from 6 from 3, but as we mentioned before in the podcast, like she made 16 out of 16 of her free throws, really just showcasing her ability to score in different ways and kind of problem solving her way too through different games. Cal, what were your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, it was all about Juju. And and we should say too, like Lauren Betts uh, came off the bench because she had a little bit of an illness. So I think she had kind of a minutes limit. She did play 27 minutes though. That that wasn't an excuse for UCLA losing because USC was without Rhea Marshall with an illness on the other side who didn't play at all. They're star big. So uh, it, it really was um, both sides, but especially USC obviously dealing dealing with something there. But this game was about Juju Watkins to me. Like you, you mentioned 0 for 6 from 3, but 16 for 16 from the free throw line. And when we talk about efficiency, like this is one of my pet peeves. So Juju went 8 for 22 from the floor. And uh, there's a lot of people that look at that and be like, wow, that's pretty inefficient. That's a lot of shots. You didn't make very many of them. That's not true at all to me. Like people say it about Caitlin Clark. People are going to probably say it about Juju throughout her career. There are good 8 for 22s and there are bad 8 for 22s. And both of these players, and in this game, Juju, are the type of people who put up good eight for 22s because like you said, getting to the line didn't miss from the free throw line the whole game. She took 30 shots and 32 shooting attempts and scored over 32 points or scored over 30 points. She had 32. So that's actually really efficient. That's good. So I, I'm not here for anyone who looks at that eight for 22 and calls it inefficient. That's completely wrong to me. And also like you can look through the box score, 10 boards, three steals, three blocks, like she filled it up, but you talked about Mark Schindler's piece, uh, and and if you go read that that came out today, he talked about Juju's impact, even aside from those gaudy stats that she put up, and her impact in this game and really all season that just goes far beyond the box score. So I like this game was all about her, and, and she showcased exactly why she's one of the best players in the country already a couple months into her career. And one of those things is decision making. Like that's one of the biggest things. I mean, we talked a little bit about Alyssa Peely and you, the Utah game last week, how it it looked like she wasn't really able to make the right decisions against certain teams. Whereas like you get a player like Juju Watkins, who is just a freshman and already she is still making the right decisions. Like for me, like watching her composure and kind of her ability to remain calm in high pressure moments too, and just make the right decision, even if like, her jumper doesn't fall in the moment, even though she has a very good jumper. She will make the right pass. She will find a different way. She will get to the free throw line. Like she just has so many tools in her arsenal and she knows how to go to them. And that's, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've been impressed with um, with Juju Watkins and USC so far. And this was a huge win. 
against UCLA. Like they just felt super solid for a majority of the game, which I thought was impressive. Like it wasn't like they won this game in the last couple of seconds. Like this was a very solid win all around. Yeah, absolutely. And the decision-making piece is huge because that's something that's so rare for freshmen when freshmen coming in from high school, like there are definitely freshmen who come in and can shoot the ball like crazy or, you know, are physically gifted and talented, but to come in and have that, that mental side, the IQ side, the decision-making side this early is just so impressive. Absolutely. Um, and then the other PAC 12 con- uh, co- conference game. Wow. Um, Colorado defeats Stanford, a huge win. Like this was not even that close. Um, Colorado has been really impressive this season, but like, this was a really good win against a very solid team in Stanford. They win 71 59. They remain undefeated in conference play, which is key. They had a balanced performance all around. They had five players in double figures by the end of the game. They were also able to put Cam Brink um, on, in Stanford in foul trouble. So Cal, what do you make of this win? What do you make of Colorado so far in conference play? Colorado's been outstanding. And I, I was really impressed in this game with with how they responded after getting punched in the mouth. I think they were down 12 to 2, I want to say, early on in this game. And to a team like Stanford, it's really easy to kind of fold up shop. But they responded and and they they ran away at the end. So I, I'm very impressed with this team's front court defense in particular. We've talked about Quay Miller and Aaronette Vonley on this podcast before and you know what they did against LSU in that season opener and, and that vaunted front court with Angel Reese and Anissa Morrow. And now against this front court with Cam Brink and, and Kiki Iriafin, uh, same thing. Like they did have 19 points and, and Brink had 12 or 13, I think. Uh, they, they really took Brink out of the game pretty well. And, and Kiki's 19 was a tough 19 points. It was not an efficient 19. It was not an easy 19. They made her work for it. So that I'm, I think this front court has played some of its best games this year against some of its best, toughest competition. And this was just another example. And also shout out to Frida Foreman for being such an exciting player. I'm watching her and I literally want to scream like three to Foreman or Frida three man. Like she's just so, so excited. I remember we talked about her um, early, early on in this podcast before the season started. So just wanted to give her a quick shout out again too, because she was also super great against Stanford. Um, Yeah. That's kind of my remaining thoughts on that game. Just wanted to give a quick shout out. That's all for the Pac-12. Let's move on to the ACC where FSU defeats Virginia Tech. FSU has had a very impressive couple of wins lately. Um, Their hot streak, as I call it. Um, They have wins against North Carolina and then, of course, Virginia Tech. We have some exciting players that we're going to talk about, including Sarah Bajetti. Um, her last two games, so the win against North Carolina, she had 23 and six, and then she had 31 and eight versus Virginia Tech. FSU is on a very good roll right now. I've been super impressed with them. They've been a lot of fun. Um, but Cal, what did you think about that win and just like FSU in general? Yeah, F- FSU is is here. I think. I mean, Virginia Tech sort of we talked about it on this pod back to being a little bit shaky against top competition, but Florida State. They looked really good in this game, and, and you can start with Tania Latson as always, the, the star who I will continue to say like doesn't get nearly enough national attention. And Florida State with four players scoring 86 of their 89 points was that. There's some people who probably look at that in a bad light, like you're not balanced, but I thought that was really cool to me, honestly. And one of those players, Sarah Bajetti, who we have to talk about, 
went off for 31, I think it was. Is that right? At least 30. Yeah, 31. Including this three. Look at this. On the logo, just with – and I love the little arm celebration at the end too. All sorts of confidence. <laughs> uh, yeah, put it up again. I think like you were telling me off air, like she she was calling for the ball. She knew right away, like, give me the ball. It's going in. She was feeling it. And it, she hasn't just been feeling it for this game. I, I think Sarah Bajetti is interesting because last year she was averaging about nine points a game. And all of a sudden, around this time of year, early to mid-January, exploded five games over 20 points a game. And now, all of a sudden, this year, her last three games are her three highest scoring games of the year, including this 30-point explosion. So I don't know what it is about Sarah Bajetti in January. Something about the month of January really kind of gets her cooking. But there's definitely more of this coming, I think. So, so buckle up if you're on the schedule for Florida State in the next couple games. I tweeted it out, but um, I just think like the back for Jersey is so funny because it looks like B Jedi. Um, and so <laughs> I don't know if there's a way to like, I'm not really like the biggest, that's from Star Trek or Star Wars. I can't. Star I Wars. Know. Star Wars. Um, sorry. I, if I apologize, <laughs> any Star Wars fans out there, but like, I'm sure some, like some fan can just like incorporate that into her game somehow. Cause I think that's like a cool um connection with her name but no i was just so impressed yeah like she was calling for the ball even this like i'll put the three up again for our youtube viewers um but like on this possession even before the cl this clip starts i like i watched her they cross the floor she's like gimme gimme she's like making she's like give me the ball give me the ball gets the ball immediately steps into the three and you just kind of like laugh and shrug at that because that's pretty much how the game had been going for her um the whole night so yeah super cool performance from her super cool performance from FSU to get the win against Virginia Tech. Um, really, really impressive stuff. Really fun team to be watching right now. So yeah, they should definitely be a team that you're keeping an eye on. All right. Last conference of games to recap. We're moving over to the Big Ten. Penn State defeats Rutgers um, in Ashley Owusu's return, who she actually tweeted out that it's the most fun she's had playing basketball in a while, which I thought was so sweet. Um, but yeah, Cal, what'd you think about Ashley's return? I, it was, she looked terrific. I, she's had a weird career, obviously. Like there's a lot of stuff we could talk about that we, we don't really need to get into, but just in terms of basketball, just on the court, I mean, for someone who hasn't played in a live game, a college basketball game in 11 months, I think she looked terrific and she missed her first four, three, four, five shots or so, or so, which, you know, took a little bit to get in the rhythm, but she got cooking. She started hitting stuff like this, a uh, little step back here, and and she had that going. There's a few other. I think on this one, she she just gets to the rim, and then she had actually that last one was end of the shot clock too, and and then this next one, same thing, just a little step back. Like once she got settled in, that was butter. That was just butter all game, and like those weren't anything complicated. Those weren't like those were all just spread ball screens where they just basically brought her a ball screen and said like go get a bucket and and she did and i the other part about this for penn state is that mckenna marisa came back from injury in this game as well uh who's been their best player the last few years and penn state is is probably on that bubble right now if selection sunday were today based on what their resume is but when you throw marisa back into the mix you throw ashley awusu into the mix already looking like she's looking really took her only about five minutes to shake off the rust. 
this team's going to be dangerous. And I think this team has every chance to fully play their way off of the bubble and solidly into the field as long as those two are, are in the mix for the rest of the season. I like that. You guys heard him. Um, we're going to add Penn State to that list of teams that we told you all to keep an eye on in the month of January, just a couple of weeks ago. So we're adding Penn State to the list. Pay attention. Class is in session. Um, all right. Let's go to our last Big Ten team, which is Iowa defeats Indiana. On This happened on January 13th, so on the Saturday. And a huge, huge win um, of blowout. Cal, I know you've been so excited about the way that uh, Iowa's played this entire season, just like obviously Caitlin Clark being Caitlin Clark, but what were your thoughts on that game? And then maybe even I'm going to kind of throw this on you as like a little surprise, but like where can we have Iowa in terms of like expectations for being a contender? In in terms of the national kind of landscape? Yes. Final four contender. I, that's it. I think like, I, you know, they're definitely not above South Carolina. I still wouldn't have them above UCLA even after that loss uh, that UCLA took. But after that, I think I was right there with anyone else in terms of three, four, five, that kind of range. And, and to me, like uh, this game showcased what I feel like has been a trend for Iowa throughout Kalen Clark's career is that they're not bad on defense and everyone hates this take. I like no one likes to say that I was good on defense and I'm not trying to sit out here and say that they are elite. That they're a top five defense that they have like all defensive players on this roster or anything. But when you look at their defense, Caitlin Clark's freshman year was le- which was legitimately bad. It was straight up garbage. Like there's no sugarcoating how bad that defense was. And that's been the narrative following them throughout her whole career. Like awesome offensive team. Like obviously Caitlin Clark can, can go score on anyone, but, but this whole team, you know, she has shooters around her can score in transition, but they just can't guard anyone. Like that's not true anymore. They can guard. They can, their defense is at least good enough to not hold their offense back from getting to a final four, in my opinion. And they just held an outstanding Indiana team to under 60 points. So that's where I think I was at. I absolutely think they can get back to a final four. I would love to see a rematch with South Carolina. Cause I think South Carolina, I do think South Carolina would get them this time around because South Carolina, they couldn't play the same defense that they did last year. And South Carolina is a whole different beast this year, but I, I would love to see both teams get that chance. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. I have a feeling South Carolina is going to be a very, very tough team to beat um, once we get to the tournament in March and April. But yeah, those are our conference play recaps that we wanted to all hit. Um, let us know which matchup was your favorite, which game ended up being your favorite. If you had Auburn upsetting LSU, any kind of hot take you'd like, let us know in our YouTube comments, our lovely, lovely YouTube comments. We read all of them and we appreciate them. Um, And then coming up next, we're going to preview some matchups for you guys to watch in this upcoming week. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. 
the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. All right. Um, It's funny because up until now, when I've looked at the schedule... I've kind of been like, well, there's some good games, but there are some days where like it could feel a little bit scarce. Not anymore, especially with conference play. It feels like there are so many good matchups every single day. Uh, So bear with us because I think we have like five or six matchups for you guys to watch. Um, And I'll make sure if Twitter would like to be on my side to just schedule and clip all of these matchups for you so that you can (laughs) be reminded of them. And Elon Musk is not fighting me every time I'm trying to share the games but the first one we'll go the doubleheader we'll do ohio state there are two upcoming games first one being ohio state versus maryland wednesday january 17 at 7 p.m eastern on peacock iowa versus iowa state uh, iowa versus ohio state words are hard sunday january 20 at 12 p.m eastern on peacock and nbc actually my first question is i related to the game what is peacock and how do you watch games on it that's a great question. Glad you asked. <laughs> Peacock is NBC's streaming service. And yes, okay. it is another thing that people have to pay for, which I know people love to complain about. But just do it because it's great women's basketball and it's another way to support the game. So and I'm not sure about these two games specifically, but in general, I know that I, I think it's Peacock. Actually, I might be wrong about this. I'm sorry if I'm telling people wrong. I think Peacock is the one where we have gotten some Aaliyah Boston analysis this year. And hopefully we'll continue to do so. I don't know exactly what game she's going to be on. Again, I might be wrong. It might not be Peacock. But if it is, hopefully we get some uh, some Aaliyah Boston for these two games as well. Because that's always... She has great insights and it's always really fun. So, um yeah, I, I would say go get Peacock. Go pay for your like 37th streaming service, even though you already have all the other ones, because <laughs> it's worth it, because they're good games. 
Okay, cool. That's actually good because in case anybody else had any questions about that, um, just being the lone Canadian on this podcast who has no idea about all these 37 streaming networks. But <laughs> do you have any like Ohio State thoughts um, just off the top here? Yeah, I mean, I think in both of these games, especially against Maryland, they're probably going to see some zone. And, and I think Cody McMahon... You know, a lot of people thought she was going to take that next step this year and be like an All-American caliber player after the freshman season she had. Uh, and that hasn't necessarily been the case. And I think in these two matchups in particular, you look at like one thing where Cody has struggled against in her career has been against zones. Uh, and especially like last year, the zone that Maryland threw at them. And, and Maryland will play some man too, and they'll switch like as will Iowa. But I, I would expect both of these teams to at least mix in like some zone throughout the game, even if it's not sort of their main game plan. And like like Cody McMahon, we talked about the decision making uh, on one of other podcasts, I think, with her. And like you've talked about Juju, her decision making. I think that's that's like kind of the step that Cody needs to take next. She had three assists, 11 turnovers last year against Maryland. Uh, and that's, you know, sometimes even if she's able to get downhill, like if you can build that wall like that, it. She's, she's got to be able to dump it off or kick it out or find someone. So I, both these teams are really going to dare her to do that. And if she can, like Ohio State's got a real good shot, I think. Uh, but that's going to be the key to the game for me that I'm watching, probably in both these games, but I think in particular in the Maryland game. All right, cool. So there is what you guys need to watch out for. So like I'm going to repeat one more time, Ohio State versus Maryland on Wednesday, January 17, 7 p.m. Eastern on Peacock, which I now know is a streaming service of NBC. And then we have Iowa versus Ohio State on Sunday, January 20 at 12 p.m. Eastern on Peacock slash NBC. I don't know what that meant on the TV guy thing. Maybe it'll (laughs) be on both, but It'll be up to y'all to find out. Um, I did my job here. All right, let's go to the next two matchups. We've got Kansas State versus TCU on Wednesday, January 17 at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Big 12 slash ESPN+. We also have NC State versus Miami on Thursday, January 18 at 6 p.m. Eastern on ACC Network. From any of these two matchups or both, Cal, do you have any players to watch or something that you're looking for? Yeah, at NC State, you want to talk about players to watch. I mean, Sanaya Rivers is is the headliner, but I really enjoy watching Isaiah James a lot. I think Zoe Brooks has been coming on lately, too, uh, in the starting lineup for them. So definitely keep an eye on her. Jalea Williams, probably on the other side, would be my one I'm looking out for on Miami side. K-State TCU, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how TCU does against Aoka Lee because I'm really bummed that we get this matchup uh, while Sedona Prince is out with a finger or whatever it is uh, because this would be appointment television. I, it, I'll hopefully be able to tune in anyway. Like it's good. It should be a good game, but Sedona versus Aoka Lee would be just a, a fantastic matchup that, that were robbed. I, I haven't actually looked to see if they play again uh, in the big 12. I think they do. I think everyone plays twice. So hopefully Sedona is back for that second matchup. And we get to see that at least once or maybe in the conference tournament, but bum, we won't get to see it for this one. I think TCU is going to have a really big challenge guarding Aoka Lee without Sedona Prince down low. Oh, and know? by the way, oh, go ahead. I, I was going to, I was going to say another player to watch for Kansas state. I almost forgot is Serena Sundell who we should mention because Mark Schindler just had her on the podcast. So yes. take a shot, Mark Schindler, go listen to the podcast. <laughs> I think we're at like three or four today, <laughs> but it's fine. That's, like, that's our average. Them. We just hit our average. 
Oh yeah, dude, that's right. That's right. We hit our over under. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I was gonna ask, do we have a timeline on Sedona Prince? Do is that known yet, or is I'm it just like positive. game by game? I think I saw somewhere quote a few weeks or something like that. I I haven't seen anything definitive at all. Uh, not out for the season, which is great news. But yeah. I don't really have anything specific. All right. Well, I will do my due diligence after this podcast and make sure to tweet out um, whatever we do know. But I'm just going to assume right now it's game by game without knowing for sure. Um, But those are the two matchups. Kansas State receives you Wednesday, January 17, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Big 12 slash ESPN Plus. Then NC State versus Miami on Thursday, January 18, 6 p.m. Eastern on ACC Network. We'll move to our last two matchups for this week, both in the Pac-12 again. We have UCLA versus Colorado on Friday, January 19 at 8 p.m. Eastern on Pac-12. And then I have USC versus Utah Friday, January 19 at 10 p.m. Eastern. And then I have a bunch of question marks because I was trying to find where it was going to be broadcasted and I couldn't find it. So, Cal, if you know, please tell the people. I think it's ESPN, but I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure either. I can I can look it up right now if it's on ESPN or not. What, what game is that day again? Or uh, what Friday, day is that game? <laughs> Friday. Uh, I can't, words are hard for me too. It's fine. Friday. Um, All right. Um, on Friday, the ESPN website set. You're talking USC Utah, right? Yeah. Yeah, they don't say anything, which means it's not on one of their networks, or else they would say anything. But it's weird that it doesn't say Pac-12 because the other Pac-12 matchups, like you said, UCLA Colorado, Colorado says Pac-12. So. Probably have to go to the school's website. What I usually do is I Google. All right, actually, I'm going to do it right now. Why not? I'm a man of the people. Guys, we're we're keeping you in suspense. This is real time (laughs) research. You can decide whether that's like, you can decide whether that's like suspenseful or just like irresponsible on our part. (laughs) That's up to you to decide. (laughs) Probably irresponsible on my part. But all right. So I always Google like the team's uh, schedule page. And so Utah, the home team schedule page. There's a watch button and it takes you to Pac12.com, Pac12 Mountain Network. So it, this probably is on Pac12 Network. I don't know why ESPN doesn't say it, but I'm going to assume this is on Pac12 Network. Okay, uh, that's what I that. was going to assume too. That's what I, that's what I was going to tell the people anyway. So these two matchups will be on Pac12, whether it's on like the main Pac12 Network or like like you said, like Pac12 Mountain, because um, I know they have like their different channels there too. But these two matchups. Which one are you more excited for? I think I have my answer is UCLA Colorado, just with like how awesome Colorado's been and how tough UCLA is. But what are you looking forward to? I can't really pick one, but I'll just say USC versus Utah just to go oppo. Just to you. go against, yeah, I yeah. got you. That's fair. Because it makes better content or something. I don't know. I <laughs> they're they're both great. I with UCLA, I, like will Lauren Betts be? Full go. I we talked about Colorado's front court already. Obviously, that's another really fun test for them. Uh, but I'm I'm actually looking at the backcourt, I think, in this one. Charisma Osborne, I think, will be guarding Jalen Sherratt. Uh, and I, I hope so. That'll be a really fun matchup, I think, on, on the perimeter to watch out for. And Charisma Osborne, someone whose defense we've talked about a lot on this pod, but Jalen Sherrod, uh, you know, we've given love to Colorado's front court. Jalen Sherrod is someone who deserves a ton of credit too. And the players to watch pretty easy on the other side, like Juju Watkins and Alyssa Peely, two of the best players in the country. There's talent all over the place, obviously on both sides, but you got to start with those two. 
Absolutely. Um, so there we go. UCLA, Colorado, and USC versus Utah will both be on Pac-12 Network. We'll both 